it's Rich Conti here with another episode of the CDC Tech Live podcast, coming to you from the Charleston Digital Corridor's flagship incubator on Morrison Drive. If you missed our last episode, we were fortunate to have the opportunity to hear from Paul Meeks, a technology investor, tech media personality, and professor of finance at the Citadel. Check it out. One of the fun parts of being around the Charleston Tech Center is the continual cycle of new companies coming in as other companies grow and graduate into their own spaces. A few weeks back, past guest Jonathan Yantis and his startup Quicksort RX made the news when they secured new investment and moved into their own facility downtown. Whenever space opens up here in the Tech Center, though, it doesn't stay open long. In this episode, we'll talk with another new resident that's working to disrupt the way you manage your health care. This episode is brought to you by the Charleston County Economic Development Department. They're dedicated to recruiting new business, growing existing industry, and improving Charleston's business climate. Visit them to learn more at charlestoncountydevelopment.org. The episode is also sponsored by the I-5K. The I-5K race is a favorite weekday evening run and networking event for Charleston's tech professionals. This year's event is scheduled for April 18th at 6.30 p.m. here at the Charleston Tech Center. Learn more and get your ticket at i5k.com. Our guest on this episode of the Charleston Digital Corridor Tech Live podcast is Josh Boker. Josh is the Chief of Staff for HealthBook Plus. Well, welcome to the show, Josh. Thanks for having me. Thrilled to be here. All right, let's dive right in. Uh, give us an overview of HealthBook Plus, what your mission is, the problem the platform solves, who your customers are, and maybe some other key members of the team. Absolutely. So uh, we describe ourselves as a digital healthcare platform that allows you to own your health and get to your next best health action. Mm -hmm. That sounds great, but in reality, what does that actually mean? So the platform is driven off of data and AI. Uh, we like to say that we have the best picture of an individual's healthcare, and that means that we connect to about 85% of electronic medical records, payer claims information, wearables, if you have an Apple Health or Fitbit, Garmin, all of that goes into a very, very secure platform. And we run AI on top of that to get you to either a predictive health action that mm -hmm. you should be taking for yourself. Or something that, you know, is more acute that you want to say, hey, I don't need to go to the emergency room, but I'm not feeling well. Where should I go for this? Mm -hmm. So your question of, you know, who buys this app and how do people get it in their hands? Our go to market strategy is really to employers as a benefit to employees. And we've also had some really good traction with direct mm -hmm. primary care doctors who may or may not be affiliated with the healthcare system. Mm -hmm. And they want to interact with their patients better and their patients can really educate themselves on the health issues that they may be having. It's a really powerful idea. You know, you talk to or you see a lot in, in the media that one of the best positive indicators for health outcomes is being proactive. And too many people just, you know, wait till something becomes. You know, so this idea of giving people predictive insights is really powerful. That's exactly right. And I think it's kind of cliche at, at this point, but we hear a lot about sick care where people mm -hmm. go to get health when they're not feeling well. What if you had something that could remind you, you know, you check the weather every morning, you check the stock mm -hmm. market. Why not check your health? Yeah. So that's the idea of HealthBook Plus. That's great. Well, what's the origin story? Tell us a little bit about how HealthBook Plus came to be. Give you uh, the quick background story. I won't do it justice for mm -hmm. my CEO. <laughs> a long story short, my CEO was in Greece. He was kind of mm -hmm. visiting some folks there and ran into a shipping magnet, someone that ships goods from Greece to America. Mm -hmm. And his problem he was facing was that someone comes as a seafarer onto the ship. And really, the only health history is the pre-boarding physical. Mm -hmm. 
And so God forbid someone does get sick on that ship, you know, you're communicating oftentimes in different languages via phone or an email back to someone on land. Mm -hmm. And if someone is too sick for the seafarer to continue on its journey, Mm -hmm. you have to divert that ship. And that's a very costly endeavor for a ship owner or a company to divert a ship when they have to be, you know, somewhere in five days. So he said, what if I could get all of this health information in one place? And my CEO who met the ship nagging said, that's a great idea. But what if we took it a step further and said, we have all this information. What do you do with it? Yeah. So giving HealthBook Plus to the people that were on the ship as employees was the origin. And we said, this is bigger than just this one use case. You know, individuals across the United States and the world really are owed. And it's their right to have their health information in one place and make it actionable. So now we're about a year and a half into the journey. I joined about a year and a half ago through some family, friends, connections. One of my cousins said, hey, you should check out this company. We totally hit it off. (laughs) um, And I ended up joining as chief of staff. That's great. Tell us a little bit more about your role. Yeah. So I always like to joke that chief of staff is a very fancy title for being (laughs) a utility player. So capital raising as a startup, Mm -hmm. you're always looking to raise Mm -hmm. money. I like to say, don't raise money when you have to, raise money when the opportunity is there, as well as sales development and operations. So kind of being that glue behind the CEO, CFO, you know, if someone says jump, I usually ask how high. Yeah. Well, what are some of the maybe key milestones or achievements for HealthBook Plus so far? And in particular, any moments that sort of gave validation of, wow, we're onto something really powerful here. I joke that when I have a healthcare idea, I run it through my family, my Fiance is actually a physician at MUSC. Mm-hmm. Dad's a doctor. And when I asked them, you know, what do you think of this idea? Mm-hmm. They said, absolutely. Like, we need mm-hmm. this across America, right? If, and I'm a great example. I have lived in Columbus, Ohio, where mm-hmm. I'm born and raised. New York City, where I did investment banking. Chicago, Atlanta, went to school. And now I live in Charleston. I have healthcare records everywhere. And that's really costly for an, a health system or a provider to rerun tests or get my health history or spend an extra mm-hmm. 30 minutes getting all that information. So just the idea of it was validating when someone, my fiance says, you know how many times I rerun the same test or don't have health information to make that right decision. So the idea is validating. And then we've taken it to reality where we can connect with about 85% of healthcare records. And then something as simple as if I went to pick up a prescription, I can upload documents into my health book plus, and I have it at my hand. I don't know how many times I've gone in through my email to find my prescriptions or, you know, an insurance card. Now I have it at my fingertips. That's great. What are some of the biggest challenges health book plus is facing, or maybe some opportunities that you're really excited about on the horizon? Yeah. You know, we don't run away from these challenges. They're everywhere. I would say number one, it's a very crowded market. So consumerizing, if, if that's a word, healthcare, I think it's going to happen in the next 10 to 15 years. Mm-hmm. And who's going to be there first may not be the winner. It's a huge market and people want to own their own healthcare. But how do you take a healthcare system that is based on EMRs, nothing against epics and Cerner of the worlds, mm-hmm. but a lot of healthcare is based on, you know, what CPT code, someone being in the hospital, mm-hmm. the truth of the matter is what happens at the hospital. Mm-hmm. How do we not work against the hospital, but inform individuals to bring information to the hospital to get the best care possible. So it's really a paradigm shift of taking care, not just in the healthcare system, but moving it into someone's home or someone's mobile device. That's the challenge that I think the entire industry faces. And we're in, you know, inning one, to use a baseball analogy of nine innings here. Yeah, I love that you used a couple of words there, consumerizing and paradigm shift, because 
you know, maybe going back about two years, there's a lot of focus on Web3 and how that was going to transform sort of our digital experiences. But it seems that that promise is actually really being realized now with the acceleration around AI, right? Where we're going from digital experiences that were basically just digitizing information and records, right? right? And then still putting them to put them in the hands of somebody making a human decision to, you know, mediate some action and some value for end consumers, the end users. But now companies like HealthBook Plus are actually using that AI on top of the data to bring the value more directly to the consumer. And, you know, those consumers' digital experience is now becoming one of action rather than just pushing information around in different places. It's really exciting. I love the way you said that. We may be hiring for another salesperson, so maybe you come work with HealthBook Plus. But that's exactly right. There are some, I don't necessarily want to call them competitors, uh, maybe partners that have had the ability or have built processes to pull that information into one place. Mm -hmm. But that's only as good as the information, right? right? What do you do with that information once you have been tracking your heart rate or your sleep, and then you pair that Mm -hmm. with health records that are all over the place mm-hmm. and go back 10, 15, 20 years, you know, making it actionable and giving someone something to do with it. That's the really power of health plus. Now you talked about getting validation from people in the medical industry. Do you get some maybe pushback too? you know, folks are used to sort of working, you know, the doctors, the authority, you know, we've all seen the in popular media Seinfeld and whatnot, you know, the reaction of doctors to patients who are maybe a little bit proactive about what they do. Sure. Are you, you know, seeing any of that pushback in addition to the the excitement that you're also seeing? Absolutely. Yeah. And like, look, I live with it. Like yeah. I said, my fiance says, I don't want someone bringing in mm-hmm. a diagnosis. Right. And so the response to that is saying, we are decision support mm-hmm. and we're bringing an educated consumer, if you will, yeah. to your office to make the visit much more efficient. Right. So if they came in with three weeks of symptoms and an entire health history, We're not saying that the individual or the AI is going to diagnose the individual Mm -hmm. and give them their care plan, but that information, it can be very valuable in our opinion to the providers. So we look at providers as a partner rather than competition because we will never win if we look at them, if we look at replacing the doctors, which we don't plan to do anytime soon. Yeah. Well, and, you know, I'm in product management, product development and have been for a long time. And, you know, we always talk about, you know, we want our users to bring us problems, not bring us sort of their idea of the fully baked solution. But right. at the same time, having those users who understand the domain and have information and can give you a much more well-articulated problem, that's like you said, it's, it's a compliment rather than, you know, a, a competition. That's exactly right. I mean, it, this is not a great analogy, but yeah. say I walked into a car dealership that sells $100,000 mm. cars and $20,000 cars, and I said, I need a car. Yeah. Right. That's probably not going to be a good use of 15 minutes. Yeah. It's going to take an hour and a half to figure out what you want to do. <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't never want to make an analogy of buying a pair of pants or a car to healthcare, but let's be honest, healthcare providers do not have ample amount of time based yep. on the people that need care and the appointments available. So let's streamline yeah. that and provide a more educated conversation. That's great. Yeah, it's not automation. It's making the human beings more efficient. They can focus on the value add that they uniquely can bring as opposed to the AI. That's That's exactly right. We get the complaint potentially if someone, you know, goes on our Mm -hmm. website and says, you're looking to replace doctors. Mm -hmm. We're not looking to do that at all. Well, HealthBook Plus has a corporate office in the Denver, Colorado area. Talk about the decision to complement that with a presence here in Charleston. So we are headquartered in Denver, and I use that term loosely. You know, we have an office there. We meet there maybe once a month. We were born in the virtual world. Yeah. I come from a world in investment banking where if you're not in the office, you're presumed to be on vacation. Right. So I think the 
multi-coastal. We actually have some presence out west and then mm-hmm. on the east coast. I think that's important because MUSC is right here, Roper St. Francis. Mm-hmm. It's a very healthcare oriented area. And when I first moved here, I wasn't so plugged mm-hmm. in. So when I came across Charleston Digital Corridor, I thought it was a great opportunity to meet people that are in my situation yep. and plug into an ecosystem that I didn't know existed. So I think having Denver and Charleston is a great complement to be both west and east mm-hmm. and also in the epicenter of healthcare. Yeah. Two great cities, very different flavors. But That's yeah, exactly yeah, right. Yeah. I can ski and then surf. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. And, you know, when you think about some of the startup hubs across the United States, particularly the, the nascent ones, you know, a lot of it is, is there an existing industry there? that the software industry can sort of couple with, right, to create a hub. You know, you've got Charlotte, you know, historically big fintech capital. Charleston actually seems sort of multimodal. You know, you, you talk about healthcare with the Roper St. Francis and MUSC here, certainly the hospitality industry. Sure. And I work for Blackbot, and there's always been a legacy of sort of, you know, philanthropic tech, you know, coming out of Charleston. So it's really exciting that we've got sort of not just sort of one concentration, but a couple That's exactly right. I mean, it used to be maybe four years ago, San Francisco or Menlo Park, you pick the area out there. Like if you didn't get funded there, you're not a real company. And I think it was COVID is awful for many, many, many reasons. But it really it dispersed some of the Mm -hmm. healthcare technology uh, funding epicenters of the United States. Mm -hmm. And now like you see venture capital funds everywhere. You see healthcare tech companies everywhere. And I think it just creates more access to both technology mm-hmm. and capital. And I think an ecosystem like CDC is fantastic mm-hmm. for that. Yeah. COVID accelerated it, but I think too, the presence of providers like AWS and Microsoft, you know, you can start a company anywhere. You don't need that same type of physical plant and access to, you know, directly physical to the people and the money. Um, you know, you can run it entirely virtually now. That's exactly right. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. Well, talk a little bit about the impressions of the tech center here and maybe the broader Charleston tech community. What's it been like for you to start to plug in a little bit more? Well, it's funny. So I was looking for office space just to get out of my house. I think after (laughs) three years, I like to joke that the first year and a half was great. The second, you know, year and a half, I'm getting a little bit stir crazy. So I was looking for office space. The way I found CDC was through a local banker in town that said, you got to meet Ernest. He's a great guy. So I had a coffee with him and he described this technology ecosystem mm-hmm. he was building. And oh, by the way, there's office space. Yeah. So kind of reverse engineered my yeah. thinking process. And I said, not just can I get office space, but I can meet people like yourself and those yeah. that Quicksort RX I met my first week here. Yeah. It's just so good to see other people here that I didn't necessarily know existed. Yeah. So I think the combination of a great space because that can motivate you and kind of get you out of your grunt work at home. Mm-hmm. And then the people that are here it's been a phenomenal experience just to network and meet people that are trying to do the same thing that I am. Yeah, it creates some gravity, sort of acts as a fulcrum. And, you know, you just look at the transformation of this area over the past five years. It's been phenomenal. It's just such an amazing place to be. You walk in any direction a block and you're hitting, you know, a great place to eat or a place where people gather. And it just brings sort of a vibrancy to the city that you didn't really have when it was you know, the concentration of hospitality and tourism in the, you know, historic district downtown, it just really added a whole new dimension to the city. That's exactly right. I moved here three years ago, so I'm not sure if I'm naive or lucky, but that's been my perception of Charleston. And then I think this is additive that I learned that people are here doing similar technology innovation Mm -hmm. that I'm trying to do. And it's great to walk down the hall, meet Mm -hmm. someone, have a coffee with them and, you know, build partnerships that are deserved. That's great. What brought you to Charleston? Uh, so my fiance here. Oh, at uh, USC. Yeah, yeah, at USC. Yeah. yeah. 
I'll, I'll save the long story, but uh, <laughs> I was working in New York City as an investment mm. banker, working crazy hours. Mm. COVID hit, and that Thursday of March 16th or whatever mm. it was, I moved back home to Columbus, mm. and she was an internal medicine resident at the time. Long story short, we got engaged. She matched her mm. fellowship in cardiology here. And I said, why not work from a beach first, uh, cold, snowy Ohio? So yeah. I've been here for about three years. Yeah, it must have been interesting moving to New City right in the middle of a pandemic where, you know, it just, like you mentioned, tr- completely altered everything. You know, the nature of the city, industry, how everything worked. It must have been a little bit of an adjustment. Definitely. I mean, I think Charleston, people that don't know it or know it just as a touristy yeah. city, it's a very warm and welcome area. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've met people not just in my industry, but as I mentioned, a banker here. Yeah. And other people in healthcare and Molly, my fiance's coworkers, like it's a lot more of just a transient place. People similar to myself have moved here during the pandemic yeah. and established and put down roots here, which is much like what I'm doing. Well, what does success look like three to five years down the road, say, for HealthBook Plus? We're looking for a proactive, health forward, big employer mm. to take us on as a pure partner. And I think it's great to sign up users and get a big ch- paycheck mm. as a venture capital backed firm that's looking to grow, but engagement on our platform, that's what we're really striving for. So you can sign up a million and a half or 2 million or 10 million people, but if 100,000 are using it, that's not successful. We wanna see people engaged in their healthcare because preventative and proactive healthcare cannot be measured from an ROI perspective to say if if some company pays us dollars today, Mm -hmm. you're not gonna see that ROI tomorrow. So it's a long-term partnership that we wanna measure with to say, are we avoiding emergency room visits? Mm -hmm. Are people healthier? Are they not calling into work sick as much? So it's really showing those metrics over the next three to five years and really improving the health of of our communities. Okay. And local listeners connect with you and keep up with HealthBook Plus's progress. I'm glad you brought that up. We have a LinkedIn page. We've got a website. Mm -hmm. You can email me at josh.boker at healthbookplus.com. And for the lucky listeners here, we're actually giving away free access to the platform. Oh, fantastic. Um, I'll put a QR code online, or maybe we can talk about how to do that. But we really want users on the platform. Give us feedback. Try it out. See if it works for you. Uh, We're in that pilot stage that we're not afraid to say we're trying things out. We're adjusting on the fly. We want feedback. So free access to anyone listening to the podcast. Well, there you go. Josh Boker, Chief of Staff for HealthBook Plus. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. I loved hearing the HealthBook Plus story, and I'm excited to take advantage of the free offer that Josh mentioned. I want to thank our sponsor for this episode, the Charleston County Economic Development Department. They're dedicated to recruiting new business, growing existing industry, and improving Charleston's business climate. Visit them to learn more at charlestoncountydevelopment.org. Before we go, I also want to remind everyone about the I-5K. The I-5K race is a favorite weekday evening run and networking event for Charleston's tech professionals. This year's event is scheduled for April 18th at 6.30 p.m. here at the Charleston Tech Center. Learn more and get your ticket at i5k.com. As always, I want to thank Ernest and the team at the Charleston Digital Corridor for their partnership and support in bringing you the show. Look for us wherever you find your favorite podcasts, And while you're there, leave us a rating or review and subscribe so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. You can also follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And of course, follow the Charleston Digital Corridor to stay up to date on all of the happenings here in Charleston. 
Thanks for listening. I'm Rich Conti, and this has been the CDC Tech Life Podcast. Thank you.